Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver life cycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate the feedback we've received on the show. I, I just returned from ATA's mid-year management session and heard from so many people who shared how much they've enjoyed the interviews and conversations so far. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road and whatever platforms you're using to listen. This week, I'm really excited to be joined by a veteran in driver recruiting leadership from right here in my backyard, Dave Chesterman, Director of Recruiting at Carter Express out of Anderson, Indiana. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Great to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me today. Uh, we are looking forward uh, to, to chatting, getting some valuable insights as we get your view on the state of driver recruiting today. Uh, we'll learn what sets you and Carter Express apart, and we'll discuss the unique challenges the driver shortage uh, brings. I'll also ask a question from a listener during the deeper dive segment. But before we go there, I'm curious: have you uh, have you received your COVID vaccination yet? I have. I uh, I am fully vaccinated as of May 21st. I think I had my second vaccination, so I am I'm in the clear at this point. Well, congrats! It's a uh, it's a good feeling. Uh, I go I went through the same thing and a little emotional, honestly, that first kind of time. It's kind of a big deal as a history fan that I am. And uh, it was great to to be able to go to an event last week and feeling uh, confident and comfortable, you know, knowing that, that that I had gone through that process. So glad to hear that. And looking forward to kind of getting out a little bit more as the as the weather has improved significantly. And we are all anxious. Absolutely, yes. Now you've uh, you've led the recruiting uh, departments of some pretty large companies, right? Uh, Celadon, Walmart. Now, obviously, with Carter Express. You were also recently recognized as Transport Topics uh, Recruiting Professional of the Year. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, what are you seeing today? What are your thoughts on the state of driver recruiting today? That's an open-ended question, by the way, I see. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is really hard. Uh, <laughs> driver recruiting, I don't think, is ever easy, but it is even more difficult in this environment right now. Um, you know, any anything, any article you read, we, we talk about driver shortage, I, you know, probably more on our side, we're seeing less application volume, less conversion. Um, so pay raises, uh, I mean, you almost can't read the news, you know, the trucking news without seeing five more pay increases from carriers. So it is very, very hard right now. Now, you, you mentioned fewer applicants, fewer conversions. How about how about the quality? Of the drivers who who are applying, and notice anything any difference there? Um, I wouldn't say a lot. Um, we're we are starting to see here in the probably in the last four to six weeks some more trainee uh, inquiries. So uh, guys and gals who do not have a CDL who are interested. So that is I'm I'm hanging on to that as a positive. Um, but uh, you know, for experienced drivers, I don't I don't notice a huge difference in quality of them. Quantities down. Uh, and, and I just think it's harder to convert and, and get get folks to make a move right now. A couple of follow up questions there. Uh, do, do you only hire experienced drivers or do you put drivers through any sort of training yourself? Yeah, we we hire the full gamut. So we will put them through training. Uh, we have a men, mentor program, NT program for those with with limited experience. And then uh, the majority of our hires are experienced drivers. Now, I know. It is very hard. I mean, anybody that I've talked to, and I've you know been in the space for close to twenty years myself, and I just it's it's harder. Certainly, it appears than than I've ever seen it. Um, 
what do you do with the with the drivers? You know, the few, the small percentage that you actually uh, do end up being able to hire from from all of those who apply. What do you do with the you know probably ninety five plus percent of drivers who you don't end up hiring? Well, and I, I would assume this is true. You know, from speaking to some other other folks in the industry, that most of the let's say let's based on a hundred leads that the biggest percentage of those we're never making contact with. Not for lack of effort. You know, we're, we're calling, emailing, texting, smoke signals, showing up at their door, whatever we need to do, we're, we're trying it. Uh, so we always have a pretty big group that, that are in that attempting contact that, that we're still reaching out. So um, that group we, we remarket to uh, through email campaigns, text campaigns, call, call blast to, you know, trying to re-engage with those candidates. Um, others, you know, if they're qualified and they turn us down, uh, we, we try to do the same thing. We stay in touch with them and not as frequently, but touch base, let them, you know, keep Carter on top of mind. And, and hopefully they, when it's time to make a change, they give us a call. And then you always have the percentage who don't qualify or, or don't live in the correct hiring area. So those, you just kind of, they kind of fall off to the side. Well, it's refreshing to hear you say that, uh, because I, you'd be surprised how many carriers out there who don't remarket, retarget, you know, the drivers that have applied. And as I say all the time, I mean, there's two things um, that you know, they have a CDL, which is important, but they all, especially if you don't train, but they're interested in working for you. That's why they applied in the first place. And so, you know, go, having that going for you, I think it's really important to, to, to engage with them. Now you didn't mention, you mentioned smoke signals. You didn't mention carrier pigeons. And I might've just unlocked the secret right there for you. You're welcome. I will give it a go. <laughs> so now last year was tough, right? I mean, you know, obviously as, as we, we know much more now than we did the same time last year, looking back, what was your biggest hurdle or challenge, you know, in, in transition in 2020? Uh, I know you weren't with Carter then, but um, just from an industry standpoint, from a, from a hiring and onboarding standpoint, anything you can speak to, from a challenge or hurdles that you had to deal with with the onset of the pandemic? I think the biggest challenge was just the fear of the unknown. So, you know, it, it was, uh, we never know what the future holds, but this was a whole new wrinkle. And we had, uh, you know, we had a lot of drivers who stayed put with their current carrier, kind of afraid to make a change. You had carriers who furloughed drivers, which is, you know, we, we look at it a year later, which is, it just seems crazy that that, that would have happened. Um, so it, it was just that fear of the unknown. We, we couldn't predict the future or couldn't even really kind of get a guide on it, you know, get a guesstimate on it. So uh, I think things are kind of leveling out now. Obviously, freight market's booming because of the driver shortage. And, uh, you know, we're just kind of following that pattern. But, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to free it up. Maybe another eight to 12 months, things will start looking a little more normal for us. Well, that'll be OK. I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. Uh, I do feel like the the demand for drivers is not going to to wane. You know, I feel like we are, you know, I remember in 2018 when things were booming and we were talking about driver shortage and 2019 kind of lulled a little bit. Um, but now I think it's back harder than ever. We obviously we have the the uh, the clearinghouse that has removed, you know, close to 60,000 drivers from the industry, which is good. But still, that's a that's a number of people who were actually in the industry, you know, driving. Um, now, for the longest time, as I've you know been in the space, you know, attracting drivers 
who want local work has always been, a, you know, they've, they've always will, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for something local. Do you have anything local? It seems like in 2020 and probably in large part because of the pandemic, it seems like that's something that is, is, is on their wish list or what they really want more than before. Is that something you've noticed as well? Wanting to be home more often? Yes, I would agree with that. I mean, through the years, that was always kind of the first ask from a candidate, right? It was, well, I want to be home more often. And that didn't always mean local. You know, I mean, maybe they were working for a carrier that were out two to three weeks at the time and they wanted to be home weekly. But that local and home daily, um, and we get a lot of requests, well, I'm going to be home every night. I don't even want to work nights. You know, they want a, a, an eight to five driving job. So um, it, it that does seem to be more prevalent now. And as carriers, not just Carter, but other carriers, we're trying to make those adjustments. We're trying to be, uh, you know, adjust how our freight runs to accommodate as much of that much of that as possible. Well, I have a greater appreciation uh, for for truck drivers after I, I mentioned ATA's mid year management meeting in San Antonio. I actually drove an RV, uh, took the family out. It's a it's a great water park there, but you know it's a twenty hour drive there, twenty hour drive back. You know, two two ten hour days basically, and uh, it's pretty treacherous. I mean, that's a big piece of equipment you don't need a CDL for. And I'm surrounded by by truck drivers and very conscientious of their, you know, where they are on the road and making sure that I, you know, leave space and so on. But um, what a great, much greater appreciation I have for the for the work that they do every single day. It's uh it's it's impressive and much needed. So uh yes if, <laughs> any anytime I take a road trip it refreshes my memory. Yes, absolutely. It's, and and I, I feel like everyone needs that every now and then to, to make sure that we fully appreciate what they do for us. Well, and plus, sometimes I see other people, you know, in, in passenger vehicles driving around them and I'm thinking, knock it off. You have no idea what you're doing. You, you, you just you've given them no space and you get, you know, wedge yourself right in between two trucks. And I, I don't get it, but they just need some education. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Carter Express. Now, Carter has a great reputation in the industry. Uh, I've known. So many of the folks there for the longest time being here in Indiana, being on the Indiana Motor Truck Association's board of directors. Uh, how how was Carter adapted in, in 2021? You know, anything anything newly adopted that's that's here to stay? Well, we've we've made some pay pay changes, uh, driver pay increases with everyone. Uh, so we did one in the end of, of last year in, in November of, of 20, and we released a team pay package change in February. And just recently uh, changed pay for our solo drivers. Uh, and with that, we, we made some adjustments to our vacation package. So our, our drivers can come in, they can earn vacation a little quicker uh, versus waiting a full year. Uh, again, it kind of drives around that being home more often and, and that more family feel. So, so those are some of the things that we've changed as well as adjusting some routes, trying to earn more routes into a dedicated same driver, same route, same time every week route because those are more attractive to candidates. Sure, yeah, more more predictable. Now, um, I know that you do a lot from a from a marketing and advertising standpoint, and I and I see a lot more social media. And I want to ask you kind of about what sets you apart, you know, when it comes to you know marketing and advertising efforts. But I also want to point out when I see a Carter Express truck, it's pristine, it's beautiful, it's clean. That is clearly intentional. Yes, yes. I, there's great pride taken in the equipment, uh, and and you're absolutely correct. I noticed the same thing even prior to working for Carter. Right. I, 
do they wash them every day? Like what, what's going on there? They're, they're great looking trucks. Uh, the red pops, it looks great. Uh, as, as far as the advertising side, kind of like the carrier pigeon, we're, we're going to try everything. Um, social media is good. Uh, trying to trying to just look at every different avenue and, and kind of giving drivers and candidates a better look at Carter versus a here's what we pay, here's the routes we have. Uh, so so that's one of the things we're, we're trying to be a little more open with that. Um, and you mentioned what sets us apart. One thing that's that's really uh, refreshing is 35% turnover. Uh, annual annualized turnover is like 35%. So I've been in situations in the past where I've battled 135 or more percent turnover. Um, so, so this is a little different. Um, but, you know, I, I started in February and there's not a driver that walks by that two people, maybe three people haven't already stopped. They know his name. They ask how the wife is. And, you know, they have that background. It's very family oriented. Um, they're, they're very close to their drivers and, and take good care of them. And, and obviously that shows them the turnover. Yeah, it does. And I think it, it's, uh, it's kind of self-fulfilling helps to keep that turnover low and you can use that to your advantage and leverage that low turnover. Because obviously if you have low turnover, then there's a reason for it. And that's attractive, you know, to, to other prospective drivers as well. Now you also have, uh, I think you have a blog. Do you, do you have a blog, uh, that Carter puts out, or I should say a blog, a, a podcast, uh, some communications to, is that to drivers or to, to companies or both? It's, it's more on the sales side. We, we do a, uh, we have a YouTube channel that we do for uh, kind of internally for the drivers. Uh, we do that once a month, uh, Carter too. So they can, we can give them updates on pay changes on when benefits are renewing on, on whatever topic. And, and we always cover safety aspects in their operations always cover. So we do that. To, to reach out and it, and it gets quite a few views. Um, so we have a, you know, the drivers follow through, follow that. And, and, and uh, as soon as we release it, we always have some questions on some of the content. So we know, it's, we know they're looking, which is good. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. So I, I, I'm of the school, we can't communicate enough. So if we have, you know, we have an issue in, in this area of safety, or if we have customer uh, that needs a special has special requirements. Let's get every driver as much information as possible, and that make that will make us all better. Now, are you are you ready to take a deep a deeper dive? Is this, I'm ready. Is, is, now, is now a good time? Okay. Well, this is where we'll take a question from a listener uh, seeking expert advice, and the question is: Truck parking and driver pay are big issues for drivers. How can we address these issues to better attract drivers? And anything about parking or pay? You've you've commented on pay. How about truck parking? Well, it, it's it's interesting since the pandemic. There's there's been a lot more focus on professional truck drivers, and with that, uh, part of the highway bill that was passed, they're trying to get some parking worked into that. We're trying to set money aside to do to to add parking for for over the road drivers, and um, that's awesome. And and a lot of the general public, you know, Jeremy, you know, I've only been doing this for a hundred years, so we take it for granted. But a lot of people don't realize that that these drivers are out maybe two weeks at a time and they're sleeping in, in truck stops or they're sleeping in a rest area. They're, they're living out of that truck. And I don't, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they just pass them and go on by and expect that their bread and their, all the other things they want to buy are there when they want them. So um, the pandemic shed some light on that. And, and that's, that's a good thing. It was positive light. And, and yeah, and I agree. It's uh, it for the last uh, two years now, I think, 
truck parking was near the top of Atri's uh, top 10 industry issues from the driver's perspective. And obviously, and driver shortage has been at the top for the carrier's perspective. And obviously, if we want to attract drivers better, then we should probably solve for what they are indicating is one of their biggest challenges. And by we, I mean, you know, collectively, it's the carriers alone can't, can't do everything, but we certainly need to make a concerted effort to, to improve that situation. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about what you look for in a recruiter. You know, are there any, any specific traits or, or qualities that you like to see? Well, you know, in the, in the years, I've hired a lot of recruiters and uh, really it's personality. Can they build a relationship? Are they, are they friendly, outgoing? Do they listen well? Right. So we want recruiters probably to listen more than they talk, uh, which kind of seems contradictory, right? You want it on the phone, selling, 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 but to do that, they have to listen a lot more than they talk. But uh, really it, it, the personality thing, I, we can teach, uh, we can teach the nuts and bolts and what documents you need. And we can teach you, this is how we sell this pay package. Uh, but I can't teach someone how to be a good person and outgoing and energetic. So, so that's probably the biggest thing on the list. I love that you said listening. And I say that because, and first of all, it's a big part of sales. It really is. It's really important. And in fact, I just finished reading a book. Uh, it was Thursday or Friday of last week. And I, and, and one of the comments in the book, it was about sales and, and being, you know, really good, effective salespeople. And, and it talked about listening and it talked about people who talk too much. You know, you hear people say that, right? Like, ah, oh, that guy talks too much. You'll walk the other way to avoid engaging with somebody who, you know, talks too much, but you've never said, nor have you ever heard anyone say, and that guy just listens too much. Right. <laughs> you've never heard that. And right. so, um, anyway. I, I think I'm. That's ingrained from hearing uh, that statement. I, I I think that's a keeper. Um, now, training or coaching recruiters. You know, you you have you participated in a video a video promotion of exactly what to say. Driver recruiting edition, the book that's on either shoulder here. Um, have you incorporated those any of those magic words into your ongoing you know recruiter training or coaching? Is there anything that you use uh, those? Some of the contents of that book for absolutely so i've used it uh i used it at, at celadon at, at walmart we, we used it uh and and we actually just within the last month or so started implementing it here at carter express so um the my approach is get the book in their hands first let the recruiters have the book read through it uh it's it's a quick read it's an easy read you can't absorb it all at the all at first read is what i've learned um, so I kind of give them that heads up and say, you know, kind of read through it, get an idea of what we're doing. And then let's, and we have, I, I send out meetings. We, we meet every, every week and a half and it's, it's Oprah's book club, not Oprah, but that's what it made me think of. And, and we, we get on a, on a zoom meeting and we discuss it. What worked, what didn't work? How did you work it into your conversation with a, with a candidate? And then, then we do a phrase of the week or you know, a phrase for the next two weeks, what we want to try to work in. And uh, like I said, we just started that. I know it works. I've, I've used it in the past and, and have seen results with it. So I'm excited as we continue that journey with the book. But it, it's a great tool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, it was uh, Phil Jones who, you know, who wrote that book, who engaged with us and said, hey, we should do something like this for the industry. You recall it uh, when he spoke at the uh, R&R conference 
in uh, in Nashville. And, and that's when kind of I think he opened our eyes to, oh, man, there's a lot of really good stuff here. There's such a parallel between recruiting, recruiting and sales. Um, so real quick, before we before we've got to go, I, I do want to ask you just from a from the driver shortage standpoint, you know, there was a time when people said driver shortage and people said, ah, that's not true. It's what do you think today? I mean, are we can we say that, yes, there is one and we need to do something about it? I mean, do you agree that there is one? Absolutely. Yes. What, what, what do you think we can do? Any any thoughts on a, a silver bullet? Is there one? I don't think there's a silver bullet. I, I think there's got to be a, a lot of things take place. We're not, there, there's not the, the magic potion that fixes it all. We have to do a lot of little things to, to uh, make the gain. And, uh, you know, it's with talk of 18-year-olds being able to being able to drive over the road, that's encouraging. I, it's a little scary, but I think if managed properly with the correct training, I think that could would obviously be a, a boost. Um, I have a 21 year old son, and you know, so I, he's not too far off from that. Uh, when he was 18, and I think about it, maybe he wasn't the one, but some of his buddies could have done it. And, and I don't think it fits everyone at that at age group, but. It, the right situation, I, I think that would definitely work out. Um, industry, industry wide, I mean, obviously the pay—that's that's always a hot topic, and that's pay is going to continue to go up. We're not going to go back, you know. When, once you give a raise, it's really hard to take it back. So um, it, it's a little painful as we as we go through this right now, but long term, it, it will be it will be good for the industry and and just the the way the industry is viewed by the public. Again, pandemic. Terrible. It is terrible. I don't. I don't know. We're still in it, but um, it did give a lot of positive light to the driving professionals on the road. And I think taking that information and running with it, and continuing to make sure that light shines on on the hard work and how essential they are, not just during a pandemic, but just every day, what what they're doing. Uh, I think that helps as well. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And and you're right. The 18 year old. It's not for every 18 year old. For certain, if if and when they end up uh, passing uh, and, and reducing the minimum age, it's, it's certainly not for everybody. But I agree, training is critical, really good training, and I know that's part of what the Drive Safe Act, you know, uh, encompasses. So, uh, one final question: So, do you anticipate attending any uh, any industry events this year? And I know the R and R conference was moved from February to to November. Will you be attending? I will be there. Yes. Yes. I am. Uh, it's, it's funny because I, you know, after, after being in the industry industry for so long, you, you know, there for a while, it seems like you had mass. And then a few months later, you had this conference and then this conference and that conference and then this truck show. And it got to be like, oh, man, they're, you know, I'm getting worn out traveling. And then after being stationary for a while, it's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to get out and, and see some familiar, familiar faces and, uh, you know, hear what everyone else is doing and, and there's always good information there. It's always very well attended, great speakers. Uh, you can always leave there, whether you're a 500 truck carrier or a 3,500 truck carrier, there's something there that fits and will help you. So it's, it's a very great, very good conference. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. I would expect it to be the best attended R&R conference they've ever had this year. I really would expect that, especially after coming from ATA's mid-year meeting where that was the largest uh, event they'd ever had. You know that that mid-year meeting, close to 500 attendees. 
I mean, significantly more than any other one. And I think people are just chomping at the bit to get out. And, and to your point, the content is fantastic. Um, well, thank you so much, Dave, for joining me today. It's always great to see you. Look forward to seeing you again, hopefully in person, hopefully before November, before the, uh, the, the R&R conference. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road podcast and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember to follow along at driverreach.com slash podcast. And please submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review the Taking the Higher Road podcast on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.